This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. So our theme is thankful anyway. It's not always easy to be thankful, though, when things aren't going our way. And I'm sure you've been there. Maybe you're there right now. Things aren't going exactly according to your plan, and it's hard to be able to see if there is a silver lining in a cloud or if something that's so depressing and something that is so challenging could have some kernel to be thankful for. The four weeks in November, we're looking at the challenges of life and and how we can be thankful anyway. Last week, we talked about... um, Thankful in the desert. We talked about those physical challenges that that we have. Today we want to talk about being thankful in a prison. More about those emotional and mental challenges when we're burdened with anxiety or worry or tension or stress. I don't know if anyone's ever been in a prison. I've been in prison to visit. So. Pretty imposing time when you walk through the doors and you hear them lock behind you. And it is kind of like on the movies when you hear that big clanging sound. And the thing that I know is that an hour later, they're going to let me out. But I can only imagine what it would be like to walk in and know that I would be in there for some time. John the Baptist was in prison. He was in prison because he was preaching the gospel, but even more than that, he was in prison because he spoke out against the nominal leader of the Jewish people in the first century in the Holy Land. His name was Herod. Give you a little history of what was really going on, what really put John in prison. Herod had divorced his wife and then married his brother's wife, his brother Philip and his wife Herodias. So John is speaking out against this behavior, this illegal behavior, this immoral behavior. And this is what really gets him in trouble. This is what gets him behind bars, if you will. Mark talks about it in chapter 6. He writes this, For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against him and wanted to put him to death. But she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. You see the position? in which John finds himself. He's, he's in, in jail because Herodias doesn't want him out there talking against their marriage, and yet Herod has him in there kind of to protect him because he's interested in hearing what this prophet has to say. So there's John in prison. And when you read through the scriptures, you find out he's still working. He's still preaching the gospel. He's still sharing Jesus. But John knew 
John knew that Herodias had this grudge against him. John knew that he was upset, or she was upset. John knew that his life was hanging in the balance. So put yourself in John's shoes, or put yourself in John's prison cell. He's in prison for doing exactly what the Lord called him to do. He's being punished by earthly authorities simply because he was carrying out the mission that God gave him to accomplish. He's living in the darkness of wondering and worrying. His life hangs in the balance. And perhaps this is why he sent messengers to Jesus with this question. Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? I've been proclaiming the coming of the Messiah. Are you the Messiah? Or is there someone else coming? You know, it's kind of interesting because early in Jesus' ministry, as Jesus was gathering together his disciples, um, the paths of Jesus of Nazareth and John the Baptist crossed one day. And John pointed out Jesus to those who were with him. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In other words, this is the one. I've been out at the Jordan and I've been preaching about him. I've been prophesying about him. I've been baptizing in his name. This is the one. He's finally come. Fast forward some months, and now John asked the question. Are you the one who is to come? Are you the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world? Or should we be looking for someone else? Now when you think about this, wouldn't you expect that one who is called by God to be the forerunner of the Messiah, to proclaim His coming, wouldn't you figure that He would get it? You see, the darkness that encompasses anxious hearts and wearisome minds can do this to people. We often find ourselves within the prisons of darkness. This is Psalm 107. Some sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in affliction. Have you been there? Maybe you're there today. We sit in darkness uh, maybe it's because of the, the afflictions we receive from this sinful world. There was a survey done this year uh, of Americans. The survey was conducted from March to June of this year. You kind of get why they did it between March and June. You know what happened in March, right? And so the survey was really based on this. What's the greatest stress in your life as an American? And they tabulated the three leading stressors. Probably doesn't take a, a genius to figure out what number one is. Number one was COVID. Number two was racial unrest. Number three was the government. And now we can probably add number four, election results. So we've got all these external stressors. I mean, you turn on the news, and the 24-hour news cycle will give it to you constantly. You get it on your television. You get it on your 
a mobile device, you get it on your radio, and it's just one challenge after another, and the stress and the tension weigh heavily on us. And then add to that our personal anxieties, whether it's health issues or financial crises or family troubles. And when you get these worldly worries and these personal problems and you mix them all together, the results are days filled with anxiety and nights lacking sleep. Living in fear rather than living in joy. There's headaches and stomach aches and high blood pressure and low self-esteem and heartache and heart attack. And then there's ulcers and acne and exhaustion and it doesn't end. We become like John. The deeper the depth, the darker the day. We just might ask ourselves, Jesus, is he the one? You might ask him, are you the one I can count on? Or should I be looking to myself or someone else or something else? Jesus, are you the one? And we're like John, we know Jesus and we love Jesus and we trust in Jesus, but the anxieties of the day can cause us to wonder and to worry. Do you ever wonder why we worry? If we love Jesus and we trust in Jesus and we know Jesus and we believe in Jesus, why do we live with such angst? I think there's three reasons. I think the first is the experiences of the past. We've had some pretty terrible experiences in the past, and we wonder if they're going to pop up again. I think it's also problems of the present, our inability to control. That's the big thing about worry, isn't it? When it's out of my hands, when it's not in my control, I worry because goodness knows I know what's best for my life and everybody else's as far as that goes. And then there's the fear of the future. Our inability to decipher what's about to come or to determine the future. So you put these three together and it's just a, a wonderful cocktail of stress, stress and tension. So how do, you, how do you overcome this? How do you overcome the prison of the darkness that worry brings? I think we need the same assurance that that Jesus gave to John. So John sent a message out there. Are you the one? And Jesus told the messengers to go back with this. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up and the poor have good news preached to them. In other words, John, everything that you prophesied coming true. Everything the Old Testament prophesied is seeing its fulfillment in my ministry. Yeah, John, listen and look, because I'm the one. Maybe Jesus calls us to do the same thing. Listen and see. Listen with your ears of faith and Look with your eyes of faith. Stand at the foot of the cross. See that I've taken your place. 
listen as I proclaim that your sins are forgiven and that your life is eternal. And then come with me to the open tomb and stand in its brilliance. We'll leave the darkness of Good Friday and we'll stand and bask in the warmth of the brilliant life of Easter. Look, says Jesus, it's empty. I've risen. And you have new life and eternal life. When you and I are imprisoned by anxiety and worry, maybe here's four things that we need to concentrate on. I think the first one is that we should get real. Why is it that we expect everything in this life to be perfect? I mean, we're imperfect people and we live in an imperfect world and imperfect things happen and that's not being pessimistic, that's just being realistic. After we get real, maybe we need to get out of ourselves. You know, a lot of times we like to throw ourselves a pity party. If you've ever sent invitations for anyone to come to your pity party, they're not going to RSVP. So when we're having challenges, when we feel ourselves engulfed by darkness over stress and tension, we need to get out of ourselves and help others. You know, one of the, one of the greatest things to do when, when you're, you're caught in, in tension and anxiety is, is go help someone else. Go serve food at the Milwaukee Rescue Mission or help at the Sockville Food Pantry or go help a neighbor rake leaves or just stop in and visit someone who seems to be a bit lonely these days. Get out of yourself. And then we need to get on our knees and we need to pray. I think sometimes we live by the adage, why pray when you can worry? We need so desperately to cast all our cares on the Lord. We need to, as we sing, take it to the Lord in prayer and pray for His will to be done to us and through us. And then the fourth thing is we need to give. We need to give thanks anyway. In the midst of our problems, there are reasons to give thanks because all of our problems, we show how, how dependable God is. And through our problems, I think we can become closer to our family and friends as they help us and, and we get to help them. And I think through our problems, we end up praying more and worrying less, strengthening our commitment to the Lord. And through our problems, I think we are constantly reminded that we have a perfect life waiting for us in heaven. Isn't this some of our problem? We're trying, to, we're trying to create heaven on earth. And it's just not going to be here. How many times don't we use the word perfect? We want Thanksgiving to be perfect. And then we're told that we shouldn't really have extended family around us. And we want Christmas to be perfect. But we don't know how that's going to work out either. We want to receive the perfect gifts and send the perfect gifts this holiday season. Perfect. And there isn't a thing in this world that's perfect. But we have a perfect Jesus who has done everything perfectly, even to the point that he uses those troubling things in our lives to draw us closer. You know, the perfection we're looking for is coming. Not in this world, but it's coming. 
Because Jesus, Jesus is the one that we were waiting for. He is the one we can count on. He is your Savior. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.